Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your Big Buck Legends one-on-one podcast. All right, here we go. Presented by Kindred Digital, Toy Production Services, and Big Buck Country 1015. All right, I'm listening. Each show, we'll sit down and go one-on-one with the country music legends. And from time to time, we'll introduce you to the future legends as well. Pour your favorite drink and sit back and enjoy your Big Buck Legends one-on-one podcast. All right, I think all the levels are set. Let's go. Let's go. Here's your host, Jason Toy. Hey, everybody, it's Jason Toy, and we welcome you to our Big Buck Legends one-on-one podcast. Well, today, we're going to sit down with one of the greats of country music. She's a 50-year member of the Grand Ole Opry. She's still hosted uh, sporadically throughout the months and the years, but also, too, she's still putting out some great music as well. We're talking about the great Jeannie Seeley, and here she is with our conversation. How are things in Nashville today? Everything's going great here. The weather's just turned gorgeous. Everything is in bloom, and it's just wonderful. How's everything in your area? Well, woke up this morning. It was good, and got in here to the radio station. It started raining out here, so a little chilly here today. But you grew up in Pennsylvania. You know how the weather can be like that down here in West Virginia, too. So Yes, sir, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off talking about a few things here. And, of course, uh, congratulations on a fantastic career at that continues to to grow and we'll talk about the new music coming up in just a bit but let's take folks back a little bit how's a girl from pennsylvania make it to nashville (laughs) well i kind of took the long way around for sure because when i left pennsylvania i went to la for about a little over four years i guess i was out there and uh You know, growing up in Pennsylvania, I sang and tried to write songs, and everyone said it's a great hobby, but you can't make a living doing that. So I pursued banking as a career. Hmm. But when I got to California, I met a lot of people who were singing and writing songs and performing, you know, for a living. So that's where I kind of really got into it professionally. Did the... You know, always when we talk about country music, we think of Nashville, we think of, you know, Bristol area, all that as well. And I guess really it kind of exploded on the California side of things back when you were out there during those years. Well, yeah, there's always been a strong uh, country. And back then they called, they emphasized the country and Western out there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, there was a, a different style of music out there. But, um, you know, the when I left Pennsylvania and went to California, it really wasn't to get in the music industry. Of course, that was always in my heart, in the back of my mind. But I really went out there. We were talking about weather earlier. I really went out there to get out of the Northeast winters. <laughs> so, Southern California, I'd seen that on TV. It looked pretty interesting to me. So that's really how... Um, a couple of uh, my cousin Kathy and her brother and one other girlfriend and I drove my MGA Roadster wow. and her Austin Healy all the way from Pennsylvania to Santa Monica Beach. Say, 21 years old, you don't know anything could go wrong, do you? <laughs> I was going to say, I bet that was a heck of a ride. <laughs> it was truly one of the most wonderful weeks of my life because I had never been that far west before. None of us had. 
So every day we were waking up to see countryside we'd only seen in the movies. <laughs> so it was a thrill. I've been all over the world, but nothing really compares to the excitement of that trip. Jeannie Seeley's here with us. And Jeannie, when you made that run, did you take uh, Route 66? Absolutely, oh, yeah. we did. In fact, I have to joke, sometimes people say, well, why didn't you take Interstate 40? <laughs> like, nobody had thought of Interstate 40 yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you get out there, you come, and you make it back to Nashville, and you start a, a great career uh, with this. So who influenced you to get to where you are today? I had a lot of different influences growing up, of course. You know, I was born in 1940. I don't mind sharing that because I'm proud of every <laughs> single day and year. But uh, my early formative years, of course, was World War II. And so Ernest Tubb was big influence. Then uh, later, Jimmy Dickens. One of the things that I loved about little Jimmy Dickens is how he could go from... Uh, and throughout his career, how he could go so easily between a very heartfelt ballad to comedy. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved that. And so I'd say he was one of my big influences. As far as female, I didn't have a lot when you think about it. You know, Gene Shepard, Kitty Wells mm -hmm. were two of the strong ones early years and so in the 50s i had a lot of influence by the pop singers some some of our listeners might remember the old hit parade show mm -hmm. on tv and on radio in the 50s rosemary clooney patty page uh, those kind of singers had a big influence on me as well Oh, wow. Jeannie Seeley's hanging out with us here. When you talk about, we can, I guess, can you use the word big when you talk about little Jimmy Dickens? <laughs> absolutely. Big, big heart, big heart, right? Oh, absolutely. Just uh, bigger than life personality. I mean, yeah. just everything about him. There, you know, I think one of the most wonderful things could be said about you is when someone mentions your name and people automatically smile. What a great <laughs> legacy to leave. Yeah, and he, he'd left such a lasting impact. I mean, we're, we're in West Virginia, and, you know, obviously him being a West Virginia native and never forgot those roots, which was always awesome at, uh, with Jimmy. And, of course, he's, he's one, of the, one of the children of the state of West Virginia, I can tell you that. Jeannie Seeley's here with us. Yeah, and, uh, I had... Go ahead. I, was I had forgotten that. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jade. I had forgotten that we we're in talking in West Virginia, and he was from there. That sounded like a planned plug, didn't it? <laughs> it worked <laughs> it out well. Wasn't. It sure did. Well, let me fast forward a little bit, and I'm going to bring in the the influence with Dottie West and how it's in, actually with Dottie in the new music as well. But uh, going back, you know, back in the in the 70s, you had a really bad traffic accident, and you know, to come back from that, and you had a lot of injuries that could affect a singer in their career down the road when it came to lungs. And you know, I think, well, did you have a jaw? Did you hurt your jaw too? Absolutely. The um yeah, it was, uh, I went to sleep, actually, mm -hmm. and drove off the road. But, um, yeah, the whole left side of my face had to be rebuilt, and it was very traumatic for me, plus the punctured lungs, collapsed lungs. So I am very, very blessed to still be here, number one, and still be able to sing at, <clears throat> at all.
and Dottie, of course, was uh, was there with me through it all to encourage me. One of the things she did after I got out of the hospital was recuperating at home. She came out one day and she said, okay, we got some things together. I'm taking you home with me for a couple of days. And so I'm like, well, okay. She said, you need a change of scene. Well, then the tour buses were coming by Dottie's house. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. Because she was known to go out and talk to everybody when she had the time. Mm-hmm. And so she said, oh, uh, I no, I won't do that. Well, sure enough, the <laughs> tour bus came by. And Dottie drug me out there. She said, you have got to go out. It will be the best thing for you. The fans need to see you and know you're okay. But you need the fans to see you so you know you're okay. So it was probably one of the best things that could have happened for me because it did help me overcome that that stigma that I still, I thought I looked like I felt, you know, my face didn't feel right. So yeah, she was, uh, she was not only a great influence on me personally, as we're discussed, you know, her strength mm-hmm. and the way she was such a helpful friend, but professionally too, she encouraged me and, uh, she was such a great mentor to me and she's the one that set the bar for me to be a mentor to the people coming up behind me well and you look at it too with you guys and what she was the influence on you and i know obviously in your music career did she push you to get into the acting side of things i know you did some acting as well no it actually wasn't Dottie who did that it was a young man and mike thrasher uh-huh. and he had uh he had kind of grown up here in Nashville, and he was a fan of mine from way back because his grandmother was. But he used to uh, be working Opryland Park, and he used to sneak into the Opry House <laughs> on the matinees, and he was such a fan of mine. So he was the one who encouraged me later on when he was uh, with the JCs, and he was going to... Uh, produce uh, the best little warehouse in Texas for TPAC here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And he said, if I get that, then you've got to be my Miss Mona. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. Well, then one day he called and said, we've got it. You know, I said, Michael, I don't know how to act. And he said, you act like a country star every time you walk (laughs) on stage. You can do this. So he was the one who actually got me into acting, and that led to several other things I've I've done. I learned a lot doing that, uh, and I love doing theater, but it takes a lot of time. Anybody who's done, you know, even local theater knows it's a lot of memorizing, a lot of rehearsals, and so most of the time I don't have time for that. Yeah, I was going to say, when the curtain goes up, there's no retakes. You're doing it live on the stage. But I was sitting there flipping through the other night. Uh, my wife and I were sitting there flipping through the channels and Turner Classic Movies, and Honeysuckle Rose was there. And I was like, I have not seen this movie since I was a kid. So we watched it, and I was like, hey, there's Jeannie. I completely forgot. <laughs> yeah, how about that? You never know where I'm going to show up. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that was a thrill, but... I think also uh, doing the small part I did in that movie Mm -hmm. taught me how difficult and how much hard work 
goes into making movies. I mean, the hours and the conditions you're working under sometimes are unbelievable. <laughs> so I think I figured out early on, uh, as Bobby Bear once said, making movies too hard to work for me. <laughs> you know, and you know, one guy that makes it look easy is Willie. I mean, Willie, and uh, you know, we've seen him on stage. We know his performance, know his writing. But anytime he got in, on the in front of the big screen or on the big screen, he was a natural. Yeah, Willie doesn't change, yeah. you know. God made us all equal, sort of. <laughs> but <laughs> I've always said there's two that he kind of took a special liking to, Willie Nelson and Dolly Parton. <laughs> I think he liked them best. <laughs> he gave it all to both of them. GDC. But what incredible people in our era. Well, Jeannie, you're an incredible lady as well. And I, real quick before we talk about the new music, and I want to bring Dottie West back into it and how it influenced the new song that you have out. But uh, I got to talk. I can't get away without talking about the Grand Ole Opry for you. I know it's been, uh, a, you know, people say it's a labor of love type thing. I know you absolutely love working the Grand Ole Opry. You've been there, what, uh, what? almost 50 years now, a little over 50 years. You're the first female host of the Grand Ole Opry as well. How special is that place to you in that circle? Oh, the Grand Ole Opry is simply um, a, not only a big part of my life, it's almost a way of life, you know. It's hard to explain to somebody exactly what the Opry means to those of us who love it like I do, and there are several of us. Yeah, it'll be 54 years in September that wow. I've been a member of the Opry, and there's no place that I'd rather be. It's just that simple. I love walking out on that it's my very favorite stage and place to be. And every time I walk out there, my challenge, I look out at that audience and it's like, I want to go out there. I want to do, say, sing something that makes those people happy, that makes those people identify with something that I'm say, saying or singing and most of all, I want them to have a wonderful time and be so glad they came when they leave the building. It truly is a special place when you walk in there. And, of course, when that stage goes or when that curtain goes up and, I mean, it's and the lights come on, it certainly is something that's, that's unique. And if folks, you know, you listen to it on the radio on WSM all across the country and as well. But when you get a chance to actually go there live and see it, it's just it's something pretty special. Yeah. And now, of course, with uh, Sirius XM, mm -hmm satellite we're going all over the world yep. you know we were talking a minute ago in theater how you walk out there that curtain goes up this is it there's mm -hmm. no retakes that live performance that's the same way with the opry and to me that's exciting i'm i'd much rather perform live things than to do recorded where they stop and start over uh, to me you know uh Little mistakes are are what make it real, mm -hmm. and it shows the people in the audience, you know, we're no different than them. I'm going to stumble over my words. I'm going to say the wrong thing every now and then. I'm going to forget my lyrics. But you know what? It's like whoops and <laughs> and laugh about it and go on. That's That's all we can do. That's what makes it real. I yeah. love that. 
what do you tell and you're you're truly the ambassador of the Grand Ole Opry and then you go you get new folks that come in performance wise that first time they walk out and see that circle and you know perform in that circle I, I, I go back to a couple of years ago Ashley McBride in that first time that she played the Opry and the emotions that she saw that she felt and the tears coming down her face when she stepped in that circle to perform and I know that's a similar for a lot of people but do you ever give any advice to these youngsters when they come in for the first time and they walk out on that stage? Well, not exactly advice. I just like to make them aware mm-hmm. uh, of the importance of that. The Grand Ole Opry is one of our American treasures, mm-hmm. actually. It is not another concert hall. It's not just another concert or venue it is the grand old opry it is one of a kind and so that uh reverence for it and respect for it and like you say people like ashley you can see they get it so to speak and it does mean something uh when i first went to the opry ernest tubb told me um he said, you're going to do really well here, Miss Jeannie. Everybody's going to love you. But he said, I want you to remember one thing. When you're out there on the road, that's your show. But when you come in here, you're a part of this one. Wow. So, you know, pay attention to the flow of the show. Do something that fits that time period and give it the respect that it deserves. So that's a story I like to tell people. and uh, But mostly I tell them, you know, just absolutely enjoy this moment. And I tell them, you know, the ones that have worked so hard to get there and, and followed that dream, just uh, be, be so grateful for it, but enjoy every second of it. Jeannie Seeley's here with us. And, uh, Jeannie, let's talk uh, a little bit about this new album that you have out. It's called An American Classic. Uh, our good friends over at Curb Records, you're doing it with them. And uh, I tell you what, I've, I've listened to a lot of the tracks off this album, and it's fantastic, especially the first one that you got out uh, that we've got on the radio here is If You Could uh, Call It That, which now this is where we talk about uh, what Dottie West. This tells folks the story about where this song came from with Dottie. Well, my friend Ron Harmon had some Dottie West memorabilia, and as he was going through it, he found this journal where she had started this song. And it resonated with Ron so much, he took it to Bobby Tomberlin to finish writing it. Bobby brought Steve Warner in because he said, you know, we're finishing this for Dottie, and you worked with her, almost lived at her house when he was working with her. So you knew her better. I truly believe the boys finished this song as Dottie would herself had she been able to finish it. And I don't even know how bad I would have felt had the boys not let me record this <laughs> song. When they brought it to me, I just, you know, I can't, just the emotions that went through me were just electrifying. And I just, and the studio, when I was recording, I truly felt like Dottie was there with me. I was kind of trying to perform it as I thought she would portray the song and make sure people knew the, the feeling and the meaning of every line. 
I love the song, and uh, I'm just so thrilled. You know, what's really knocking me out is the comments I hear from people, and I get Facebook messages all the time saying, this song just exactly describes what I'm going through. I just lost my husband, or one lady had lost her son, and just go on living, if you could call it that. So I think it resonates with a lot of people. It's a great song. It's a it's a great album. And you got a lot of your friends on this album as well. You talked about Steve Warner on the song with you. But this album, you've got stuff with what you and Willie. You've got Ray Stevens on there, new Hall of Famer Ray Stevens. It's a, it's a, you got a, lot of good, got a lot of good friends helping you out with this one. I sure do. I'm blessed to have to call all these wonderful, incredibly talented people my friends. Well, we started trying to choose who when you live in Nashville and you're surrounded <laughs> by the talent that we are. It's hard to pick 10 or 12. But what I did, I went to my closest friends and my Opry family members first. Uh, there again, but the, what that Opry means to me. That's and awesome. uh, so I started there choose who to invite on the album that's awesome indeed and it's a great album folks pick it up it's an american classic and of course the the new single if if you could call it that uh, i know we've got on our radio station and folks are are playing around the the country as well too so uh miss genie one last question before we let you go what's uh what does a miss genie seely do outside of country music what other hobbies and other things that you'd like to do well my home is pretty much my hobby uh Back in 1990, I found a little cottage on the bank of the Cumberland River that was uninhabitable. And against my friends and family's <laughs> better ideas, it's like I bought it. I remember showing it to my sister, and I said, can you believe this? And she looked at me and said, no, I can't. I can't believe you're buying it. But it has been my hobby since then, and uh, I, I love changing it, doing things, and right now I'm in the process of having the whole house painted white. Oh, wow. You don't have any problems with flooding outside, there, do you? The outside. Pardon me? You never have any problems with flooding on that Cumberland River, do you? Uh, yes, we. the Cumberland River met us in the living room oh. back in uh, 2010. But we rebuilt, and all is good. That was just kind of a freak thing that happened mm. that, you know, we had unseasonable rains, but we also had some situations at the Corps of Engineers, yeah. not the full staff, and just things went wrong, so to speak. So, but uh, yeah, it's on a hundred foot of river frontage, and uh, uh, so I just, I absolutely love it. We rebuild it, and as I tell people, you know, all is good. I got to fix the mistakes I made the first time. <laughs> It sounds beautiful indeed. <laughs> and I can't let you go real quick, and I, I can't believe I didn't ask this sooner, but how, the the relationship with you and Jack Green in your career. Tell folks about that. I mean, I know obviously you guys did a single together, but you guys you guys toured together as well, and you guys developed a really good friendship over the years. Jack Green was very important to, to me in my life and career. We were... Um, both featured in Ernest Tubbs' television show. And, of course, back then that was very early TV, and there were a lot of uh, 
for country music, that is, and there mm-hmm. were a lot of technical breakdowns. So, as usual, when you were broke down, somebody would pull a guitar out and we'd start singing. <laughs> and that's when Jack and I realized that our voices would blend so well. We both had that raspy quality. So anyway, the trend during that time, if folks will remember, was what we called the package show with a known female, known male, and a duet team would tour together. Bill Anderson, Jan Howard, Conway, Loretta, you know, uh, you can just Porter and Dolly. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Jack and I um, recorded several albums together and several singles, and we put a show together. I was very proud of the show we had for 11 years. We did some things out of the norm for the country music thing, and we were able to take... uh, our show into some dinner theaters and places that had not accepted country music before. So I was always kind of proud of the boundaries we pushed there. That's a great deal indeed. Miss Jeannie, I could do this for hours long. I appreciate I know you got to get back to working on the house there a little bit. So I appreciate the time. Well, <laughs> uh, well thank you so much. And let's talk again one day. I've enjoyed it. Uh, you're, you're delightful. And <clears throat> thanks for giving me the opportunity to say Hi to all the folks up there, Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia territory. <laughs> all right, Miss Jeannie, we appreciate it as always. Always looking forward to catching up with you down the road. Be safe and keep putting out the great music. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now, everybody. Well, there you have it, folks. The great Jeannie Seeley. You can hear her a lot of times on the Grand Ole Opry as a host, also performing, and you can check her out online at JeannieSeeley.com as well. Thanks for checking in with us on our Big Buck Legends 101 podcast. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell your friends and family about it. We got a lot more great sit-downs with the legends all right here with your Big Buck Legends 101 podcast. Have a great day, everybody, and God's blessings. All right, son, the party's over. You've been listening to your Big Buck Legends one-on-one podcast. Thank you for checking us out. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Okay, I need to tell you two things. If you want to contact us, you can email us at studio at bigbuck1015.com or find us online at bigbuck1015.com. The Big Buck Legends one-on-one podcast has been a production of Kindred Digital, Toy Production Services, and your home for the legends. Big Buck Country, 1015.